Welcome to the Extra Pieces. I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick. And I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. Welcome to our little podcast and come and join us while we talk about Lego sets, things happening in the Lego fan community and pieces we've stepped on in the middle of the night. G'day Jay, how are you doing today? I'm great, how are you? Upright, moving forward, calling that a win. Yep, um, I am back to my, I've just got my momentum back. I had a really slow June and July when yep. we were off the air and on holiday and I was off the blog-ish, um, but I'm starting to get my, yeah, starting to get the, um, starting to get my match fitness back, which is, which is great. Like writing doesn't feel like writing Building Lego, taking photos, writing reviews doesn't feel as much as a doesn't feel hard anymore. Fantastic! It's kind of like you know, it's kind of like a you know, it's kind of like running. Once you do it like often enough, you, you just kind of get used to it. But it's always the first few runs that are the trickiest. Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm sort which of is still... a reminder to myself to start running again. <laughs> I have never gone running. That's not true. I once I once went for three months where every week I would do a five minute kilometer on a treadmill. That's pretty good. That's that 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 that'll put you in like the top one percent of like the total population who run. So Don't get me wrong, I couldn't do one point two kilometers. <laughs> and then then I had a bit of an injury shortly afterwards, and I haven't been able to run since then. Ah, uh, it's the end of your uh, career-ending injury. That was, the end, of, injury. That was the, end of, the end of my career as a um, short-distance, as, as, as a, as a medium-distance runner. What um, could have been? What could have been? Yeah, but uh, that's okay. I can walk on the flat comfortably. Too many hills, and the knees are starting to complain. You've got all of this ahead of you. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Just hang in there another 20 years. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been it's been an interesting week this week since we were last here. Um, we have seen the launch of the Lego Insiders program, which is let's call it basically a rebranding of the VIP program. And it's Lego VIP and, with a new hat, with a new hat, and with an attempt to present us with a grand unified login to all of the different ways that you access different Lego services, Mm. Um, be it accessing the Lego Life app, using the Lego e-shopping portal, going to Lego Ideas, and we should now be seeing that... You'll just have the one Lego account, the one Lego Insiders account. But That's the one Lego Insiders account. Yeah, we're no more. We're that. we're we're no longer VIPs. We are now insiders. I probably hadn't felt very important for some time. I don't think I don't think a lot of people felt like VIPs, um, especially the ones that bought the uh, UCS Millennium Falcon and they got that special VIP card. That was a uh, you know I feel like that was the it, it was all downhill from there for the VIP brand. Indeed. For those for those for the, for those of you who don't remember when Lego announced the UCS Millennium um, Falcon, was it back in twenty fifteen, sixteen? Nah, 17? I think I'm going to say twenty seventeen. No, yeah, twenty seventeen ish. Ish. 
go with yeah. ish, or we can yeah. even go so far as to provide a um. Yeah. Anyway, they um they as 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 a special gift with purchase or incentive for people to drop, you know, at that time, a, a ludicrous amount of money on a Lego set. They offered up a special black VIP card, and they they were promises that you would get, you know, special bonuses and and, and other fun things, but they never quite delivered on it. Which was no. Anyway, anyway, we digress. Back to back to the death of Lego VIP, which Vale VIP. I, I'm quite. I'm. I feel quite sad because I've gotten pretty attached to Lego VIP um, from the olden days when it used to be a shiny chrome red minifigure, and then they rebranded it. Turned they turned everything blue. Um, it always felt like. It was such a cornerstone of the Lego fan experience. You go online, you buy sets, you get VIP points, you you know turn those points into vouchers of your next purchase, and then they introduced little bonuses and trinkets and GWPs that you could then redeem your um, VIP points for. Um, heck, like... Like the term double VIP used to be something that fans look forward to, which is a promotion that Lego would run every few months where you would earn twice the amount of VIP points when you shop online or in store if you are lucky enough to be in a country where there are Lego stores. So when we say Lego know, stores, I've... we mean Lego brand retail owned and operated and not certified stores. Yes, as not we to be confused with the Australian Lego certified stores and their own VIP program, which I'm not sure what's happening. It's going to be confusing for them, I think. It was already confusing because they had their own parallel um, yeah, parallel VIP program. I don't think it's confusing at all because now we have an insider's program Ah, and... Bricks Mega Stores, who run the Australian, the majority of the um, Australian LCS, um, have a VIP program. So, so we can still call ourselves VIPs. So we can still just in Australia. And 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 I turn up and they say, "Oh yes, we know your phone number. You are a VIP. Is there anything else we can?" They make me feel special when I go to my store. That's pretty good. Shout out to the team at the Doncaster Lego Certified Store. They are pretty nice. Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, Lego um, officially launched the Lego Insiders program, or is it Lego Insiders? I'm not sure anymore. Yesterday, um, there are a few delays here and there, but they eventually got it off the ground. And to the end consumer, nothing should really change. The way you log into Lego.com um, and the plethora of Lego apps, I feel like they've already you know, they kind of introduced they, that single login quite some time ago. They, they'd been subtly changing yep. things over the last while. Um, I noticed today that Ideas is saying that we're doing a little bit of work. You may find that your user change username is a bit glitchy this week, but uh, normal, pro, normal um, service will resume shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, we sh- You'll notice that the VIP section has received a coat of paint. Um, It's now the far more white background with some bright, colourful things. There are the areas of awards and gifts and 
things that you can do as a VIP. Um, mm-hmm. That's it looks like it's mostly had a coat of paint. Um, and then they've got their um, their treasure hunt, which mm. is really just a let's get people into using the insiders platform, mm-hmm. which involves finding a pile of Lego bricks, scanning them with your phone, and then being disappointed because, once again, the Lego group are attempting to do something with augmented reality. Um, individual experiences. Hey, surprise, surprisingly, it worked most of the time as opposed to, you know... So, look, I've, I've had a very mixed experience. Okay. This, this is the, the treasure hunt, so let's not, let's not talk... This let's is not the treasure, let's the treasure hunt. Let's, let's yep. not... Let's... That, that, this, this is really just a chance to win a million VIP points, which translates to about 13,000 Australian dollars. Ah, oh, inflation. VIP um, points don't work, aren't worth as much anymore. But, um, but I'll have I to admit, some, like, some of the graphics that you can download are actually quite pretty. Yeah, I, 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 didn't, I don't really care about the treasure hunt. I feel like it's, it's, a, it's a gimmick to, I don't know, road te- Like I feel like people are secretly beta testing some augmented reality brick scanning feature for Lego. Like, yeah, like a million... Um, points uh, yeah they're called points now a million points that's nice you know you get 12 grand to spend on lego but it's it's like winning the lottery everyone's scanning bricks everyone's in the draw there's going to be what's like six winners i don't know just i think there's going to be one winner per market per week okay yeah so i don't know like if if yeah. the other prizes were a lot more interesting I would have probably scanned a lot more, but I was just I, I literally just scanned two bricks just to test the functionality out. I won a Star Wars comic and some other digital download that I don't really care for. And the, um, the Star Wars comic you've got to redeem the voucher yes. on an order, don't you? I believe so, yes. Yeah. Um, no, I, yeah. I, I've Look, got a If they were handing out like keychains, I would be I would be a lot like I don't know. i I I feel like they were quite stingy with the prizes. Yeah. Um it's like winner takes all time. It's 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 winners take all. Um yep. I quite like the classic space background I got. I'm possibly hoping I can get the Australian patent background. Mm. And wait till you hear about Google image search. <laughs> Oh, dear, no, no. It's, it's, the package is quite nice. It gives you yep. 145 different shapes mm. and formats and aspect ratios of image so you can find one to fit on your device just perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and say, the, the rent, it, I think it was actually involved photo, photography rather than a render for, for the, the spaceman on a star field. The star field mm. was rendered, but the spaceman looked like he was probably photographed and had mm-hmm. proper moulding marks in rather than just looking like he'd been unceremoniously rendered yeah. out of um, out of studio. Um, but one of the other things that's new, I suppose, with Insiders compared to the previous VIP program is the ability to take instructions from sets that you've picked up. Up until now, when you buy sets from Lego... You get some VIP points with them if you've been part of their program. Now you can also take the scan the QR code on the front of the manual, and that will also earn you 
20 VIP points, which in Australia is approximately equivalent to 22 cents. Um, Look, it's not bad if you have like a, like if you are a Lego hoarder who, you know, keeps all the boxes, keeps all the manuals. And I know a lot of people do, um, you know, still keep their instructions. Um, I mostly recycle most of mine. So I'm quite, I've, I've literally just recycled money. Um, but yeah, like it's a nice, it's a nice little gesture. And, 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 and for people who have been hoarding or who have stacks and stacks of instruction manuals, they really only go back to like 2017, 2018 when they end first. Of, I think end of 2018 is the ones where I've found are the oldest ones that I've found okay. in, my, yep. in my collection. Um, and it's not all themes. I think that's also important to yep. say. But anything that's got a piece of paper as an instruction manual. And so by this, we probably mean Lego City Missions, some of the stunt sets, the Ninjago Spinners, um, poly bags. They all s- seem to not have a scanning code on. Um, gifts with purchase don't, on the whole, don't have a code to scan over the mm-hmm. last couple of years. And then there is also the sets in the theme that Lego sort of refer to in-house as iconic. Mm-hmm. This includes sets such as the recently released buildable minifigure, but it also includes a lot of the smaller flower sets like the daffodils, the roses, tulips. Basically any any set with that yellow um, brick banding down one side of the box, um, they don't have them. And most of those other sets, the Iconics particularly, are sets that are only really available from Lego stores or lego.com. So mm-hmm. so your local Lego store knows that you've bought them. Now, they may be a certified store. They may be um, Lego, a Lego-owned store, in which case they already know that you bought it. So having you scan the QR code to confirm that you picked up this set at another venue at another shop doesn't really make a big difference to their information. Mm-hmm. So really, it's it's going to be a, a way for the company to well probably better target your advertising, mm-hmm. know the type of people who are buying what type of set, knowing how many of those sorts of sets it'll possibly be a um, way for some of the resellers to be caught out. Um, I don't know, like I I mean. Sure, but I've I that I have I have seen some comments about oh yeah this is the the Lego big data machine kind of revving up they want to know everything about you but realistically I mean yes from a tech perspective yes that's the um that that is one of the reasons but I feel like it's it's more on a macro level and they just want to know what sets are. What sets people buy in store versus um, through third party retailers, and at the end of the day, I think it's just it's 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 just feedback on what sets people buy or what kind of what what sets certain types of people buy. Like mm. they'll be able to see, you know, based on your shopping history or you know VIP points history, whether you are a casual lego fan hardcore lego fan and debilitating addict like most of us that listen to this podcast um they they'll they'll get they'll 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 have pretty good um 
information about what you know heavy users buy versus casual fans how often they buy um so yeah i mean it's 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 kind of good enough like it's it's useful data rather than the traditional way of product development where you would have people sit around in a meeting room or in a workshop just you know making assumptions of what sells well or what performs well or what things people like to buy like for example mm. they might find something really weird like you know heavy lego um you know heavy users or really super hardcore fans really like um that ten dollar created tree in one sets so that's a that's a signal to them that okay we got to start thinking about um this specific cohort of fans or you know you know they can they, they they can match it to things like gender or your age um so they probably already have a pretty good idea of this stuff already given that they are a billion dollar brand and they have quite a sophisticated marketing and um new product development pipeline so but it's it's just useful stuff and i think the they didn't have to do this which is which is kind of nice they didn't have to, you know, reward people for registering their sets. Um, if I was Brickset, I would be pretty. Um, I would keep my eye on Lego and what they do with this information because they could easily replicate, um, you know, Brickset profiles, wish lists, wanted lists, sets I own lists. Who knows? Anyway, it's been it's been pretty mm. big. Man. I no, think that, the that, change uh, been. I although I I don't know that I'd see that level of functionality quite I, I think I'd see that being a little bit rolled out clunkily. I mean you 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 can already say I want this set by putting a heart next to it in yep. the online store, but do we really do that? I don't know. And let's be honest, half the sets that I want were retired over fifteen years ago. Yeah. I mean same twenty, thirty years ago. Um but look, I think the what was apparent when we spoke to the Lego Insiders team? So we spoke to um, a couple of us fan media, got got a chance to um, speak to Jason from Jason Whiting from the he's he heads up the um, Lego Insiders program, um, previously Lego VIP, and one thing was clear. One one thing was clear was that this was just the beginning that. The the rebrand, the new platform, the new single login across all your Lego, um, you know, Lego accounts is just a beginning, and that they were looking to build on it. So I think what's important is not to just kind of look at oh what's changed now, but to maybe look and you know kind of forecast and predict what what's going to happen. Like I feel like this is a precursor to a Lego app like a single lego app that you know which is something that for 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 a brand the size of lego that they don't have is it's quite weird like you don't have an app that you can shop on build shopping lists on and i feel like they're they're building all these different experiences on 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 the web on lego ideas lego life but they all they kind of all live in browsers and I feel like they will eventually migrate that all into a, you know, like a Lego super app where you can access your instructions, go vote on Lego ideas, um, 
participate, like, you know, leave reviews, shop from the app, discover content, look at inspirational photos and videos from creators across the world. Like, I feel like that's, that's probably on the horizon in the, I don't know, two or three years, in the next two or three years. Hmm. I, I could, I could see that. I, I would see that there will still see some functionality remaining separate, like say power functions um, or powered up, I beg your pardon, um, control oh, plus. Yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll remain independent. Yep. I think it's kind of like, life... like Nike where they have like the main Nike app, but they also have like Nike running and all the yeah. side, yeah, all the side, um, yeah, all the side um, functionality, but yeah, I feel like it's it's you know we'll we'll see a Lego app eventually. Mm, and this is, I think yeah. Lego Life as a kid's social media sharing experience will probably have to remain separate, just from a moderation and child mm-hmm. protection safety point of view, because we don't necessarily want them. Well, say the, the part of the goal of of Lego Life is to provide a kid's safe. Um, internet and sharing experience yeah and i think what um what most fans don't quite realize is that in the last i don't know like four to five years lego have been slowly building up their like digital capability um they have a i think a digital center of excellence or a digital head office in copenhagen instead of Mm. um you have you know they're hiring a lot of um you know software engineers, programmers, digital designers, um, UX experts, e-commerce experts, um, essentially to just build their own digital infrastructure. So again, like this is this is really just like step one. Um, and step one is usually just housing everything under one single login to get one single view of, you know, of your customer. And then you can all build, you can, you can pretty much just build from there. Mm. So Jay, the thing I mm. wonder is, should with with Lego, with it feeling like the company is now trying to own a lot of the fandom experience in the one widget being inside us, you know, between the review platform, the view content platform, submit submit your best mock competition or your your mocks on um, Lego ideas and the like. Does, do you reckon this has got implications for existing communities and yeah, for for existing communities out there? Not really, because most um, they, they 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 can never own like the fan experience. That that's what that's that's supremely clear. Um, and they've tried, and that's that's just never panned out in the past. Uh, and not just Lego, like a lot of other brands have tried, but. At the end of the day, fans will gravitate and um, gather where fans want to gather, whether that's a Facebook group, whether that's a Lego fan convention, whether that's a um, your lug display at a local library or mm. message boards or Eurobricks or Reddit or hashtag Lego Leaks. Like fans will congregate where fans will congregate. And um, yeah, it's... I mean, they will try. They will, they will try to create a place where they give you access to, you know, the inside works of Lego. Hence the name Insiders. But at the end of the day, like 
you will go to like a brand's like Facebook page or official Instagram account to you know check out like product announcements and interesting things that they want to share but at the end of the day if you are looking for like a review or if you're looking to speak to other fans you would just most likely just find platforms or places where you can actually talk to other fans without big brother or big brand looking over your shoulder and say whoa what are you guys talking about what are you guys talking about that's yeah Mm. It'll be interesting to see how it evolves over the next over the next little while. Certainly, we've had a had a few little bumps and glitches um, with the launch, particularly of the treasure hunt, which is you know just trying to get people into using it, mm-hmm. and hopefully we'll see those ironed out. But it um, it sometimes we, we do I do find that um, when the company roll out a new IT type of solution. It's certainly a bit glitchy for a while. Yeah, yeah. And like look, these things are not easy to pull off. Like I I'm just yeah, I'm just I'm just trying to imagine how many, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars or even millions of dollars have, have, have been sunk into this project because this has been um this has been going on for quite some time. Like if you dig back to like twenty sixteen, Lego have been soliciting feedback about the VIP program. They were ve- I, pretty sure I can talk about it now, but I was part of various like work groups on how to improve the VIP experience. Um, no doubt you might have filled in various surveys or feedback forms about Lego VIP. And, you know, it's, we're starting to see some like the fruition of that right now. Like was this for example, every time like, that I said, not now when I was asked if I'd like to fin- fill in a questionnaire after I finished on the website? Well, the time is now, Richard, the time is now. I might have to now. I haven't for the last, I keep saying, no, get out of my face. You're in the way. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) What's interfering with my user experience? This pop-up every time I log on to Lego.com. Yeah. But the, look, the good thing is that how how I would frame this in um, for, for, for most Lego fans is that in essence, this is still a a loyalty program. They still Mm. want you to shop directly with them they still want you to buy as much product as you possibly can. And in order to do that, they need to compete with, um, you know, third-party retailers who might be able to offer more um, enticing discounts. But, you know, in return, you get money off your next purchase. Um, You get exclusive like GWPs, you know, fun little trinkets that you can exchange your points for, like keychains. Like I, for one, have been like... Ever since the Lego VIP program started offering these like rewards, I have not spent a single point on money off my next purchase. Like I've just mm. been you know, amassing like keychains, prints, like all these fun little things that you can get uh, because those, those, those are a bit more valuable to me as a fan mm. compared to, you know, five, ten dollars off my next um, yeah. order. The, the thing I've found frustrating from that point of view is that with a lot of those you can only really order one at a time. You redeem your points and the clock's now on. You've got six weeks to <laughs> place your order at lego.com and I'm pretty sure I've missed out on a number of coins and caps simply because I've um, failed to place several orders through lego.com in a timely fashion. That's when you just order a keychain or a pick-a-brick. Mm, although pick-a-brick, you've now got to make a bit more of an effort. Yeah. But look, um, we'll talk about that another time. On that, I 
I actually remind the, the the VIP team and Jason every time I I'm in a call or in a chat with him, and they are they are acutely aware. Like it's a pain point for them as well. So mm. hopefully they'll yeah they'll be able to fix that. We'll see. I don't know. Oh, we'll different department. Times I think. ahead. That's a different Sorry? department. You got to speak to the people that actually run the Lego store. Hmm. Hmm. So, in otherwise, um, have you been building anything or putting anything together over the last week or so? Uh, yes, I have been. In fact, um, it's been it's been a lot of fun. Um, the last major set that I put together was the Lego Ideas, the insect collection two one three four two, um, which is I think um, if you've um, if you've read my review. I think it's one of the best Lego idea sets. Um, at its price point, it is near unbeatable. And I've realized that I've handed out quite a few like five star reviews this year because it's been a it's been a pretty good year for Lego. Um, we had we've had Rivendell, and we've had the Hokusai art um, set from the start of the year. Yep. And 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 now we have this insect collection. Um and I think it's a it's a great return to form for the Lego Ideas team. There's no mm. like license or IP attached to it. It is uh, literally a bunch of brick built bugs um with the original idea submission from uh Hachiroku24, who you might know from YouTube or Instagram. He's a very talented um mock builder. That's a great mm. And, for sure yeah and we were there when we um when they unveiled the four lego idea sets um if you remember back in back in september, september last year yeah um in billund when the lego ideas team um announced that four projects were going to be green greenlit and i will i at that time i was most excited for insects because it was such a such a novel concept Mm. It was, um, it's, it's familiar, but not something that Lego have ever done. Like Lego have done a lot of like brick built creatures in creator with the Lego ideas birds, but they've never really done like in galaxy squad. Well, yeah, I mean, we had a whole insectoids line, but this is like, this is, these are like accurate, um, upscaled insects and you get to build a Chinese mantis or a praying mantis, a, Morpho, a blue Morpho butterfly, and a Hercules beetle, and it's just such a sensational set because it is, um, it is one of those examples where the Lego Ideas designers or the design team took a concept and they've 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 really elevated it. If you look at um Hachiroku's original designs, they were just brick built insects on a um and and that's it. But they've added in these little like sticks to or like pieces of bark um, that act as stands for the insects to rest on, uh, which are great because they establish a sense of scale. Like you're looking at, you know, essentially like you're looking at insects like through a micro, um, through through a magnifying glass. Like they're they're little bits of like foliage um, on 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 these like like you know mini dioramas, and you know they just make for great like display stand so like display like if if you like displaying your models they look great Mm. and the build experience was great because they like you you don't need a lot of um it doesn't take a lot of elements to build the insects like the bulk of the elements actually go into the stands 
themselves. The insects are quite mm. uh, simple and basic, but the build experience is fun because you're, um, you know, there are lots of novel, interesting build techniques, very clever part usage, and the end result um, just looks so good. Like these look like actual insects. So yeah, a lot of fun. And I think the best thing, the, the most surprising thing for me is the price. And Lego have absolutely nailed the price point. This has been a very expensive year for Lego, and it's getting harder and harder to find good value sets. And I was just blown away that Lego only charging eighty US dollars. That's about one hundred and twenty-four, hundred twenty-five AUD for what is essentially a thousand-plus piece set. And that's fantastic I, value, is yeah, it really? Yeah, when when they announced it. Um, last year in Billund, you could you could see that they were um, selecting ideas, submissions that were much smaller in scale. Like we had Tales of the Space Age, we had Insects, we had the Polaroid camera, and we had the Orient Express in that um, yeah in that cohort of four. And you could tell that they were looking smaller. Um, so I was Absolutely. kind of expecting this set to be under a hundred. Like I was expecting, I was expecting, I was fully expecting this set to go. Okay, this is gonna be a ninety nine ninety nine USD set, but at eighty bucks, it's just great value for what you're getting. Mm. Like it's just insane. Um, there were a couple of while they have built up the sort of the diorama aspect, the display stand aspect of the set. There have been a few things that were taken away. The original mm-hmm. submission did feature a brick built ladybird, which has been replaced by a new one by one ladybird print as well as a buildable honeybee which has been reduced significantly in its detail and part count i guess be mm. the way to describe it uh, and indeed size yeah but i think i think the original the, um reason was so that those would be in scale to the other like, yeah large bugs that works for me as an explanation. Yeah, like it's a um, shame, but from a like from a for a set aimed at adult builders and you know who want a you know a set that they can show off and display, it it was definitely the right call to just focus on these three because you know like the mantis beetle and the butterfly are the most like visually interesting mm. um, animals. Um, I still think it's a shame that we didn't get the ladybug because it's quite, it's kind of cute. Like, like Hachiroku's technique was pretty good and quite interesting with the ladybug. But yeah, like scale-wise, it wouldn't have made a lot of sense. But hey, yeah. I mean, it's Lego. You can build your own. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think it's one of the strongest like Lego idea sets in a very long time. Like, I think the last idea set that I gave a 5 out of 5 to was Ven, um, was Starry Night. Mm. So it's been a while. Yeah. I'll, I'll have to admit, it's it's been an interesting year with ideas, and mm-hmm. I do appreciate the fact that we've had these smaller format models. Mm. And I suppose of sets that we know are coming through Lego Ideas but aren't here yet. We've got the Polaroid camera that we saw last year. And I'm thinking just in terms of ones that probably are not too far away in their Mm. development. Um, Insect Collection, Tales of the Space Age, they're both developed in 
well, they've gone from in less than 12 months from being formally accepted to um, hitting the shelves, which has mm -hmm. been great. Um, I suppose the A-frame cabin and dynamite were, they were a little bit over 12 months. Yep. The Polaroid, I presume we'll see at some stage in the next few months. And there's also the Viking Village, which um, will be a US target. Sorry, in the US will be a target and Lego store exclusive. It will be available through Lego stores in the rest of the world um, or Lego retail, Lego branded retail. Um, yeah, the Viking Village, which will be um, exciting to see. I wonder if that's going to be coming sometime in the next month or two. As yeah, well. I think I think that's coming up, and Orin Express is probably the big like November this like November ideas release, given the anniversary. So they kind of locked into releasing the Orin Express this year. All oh, right. Yep. Yep. And they usually like to save the biggest, more 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 expensive Lego sets for like November Black Friday launch, just to get mm. people excited for Christmas. Um. Yeah. Otherwise, it's not uncommon that you might see something like that come out in early, um, in in um, er early in the year, like we'd sort of seen the words are failing me this evening. I beg your pardon. <laughs> it's okay. Um, like we saw the um, medieval blacksmith. Medieval blacksmith. Thank you very much. Exactly what I was thinking of there. Um, yeah, but I last I feel year, like the like trains are usually big expensive sets and they usually are absolutely and i'm speaking this will be a big and expensive set yeah um i suppose like, like i feel like a anything anything short of a emerald knight type of set is going to be a disappointment because train fans yeah train fans need a, a, a new emerald knight type of train mm. like the hogwarts like the big hogwarts express was cool but you know just it, it didn't run on track whereas yeah i feel like yeah i feel like this is going to be lego's kind of apology to train fans to go hey we still love you we still have a cool train coming up that's not a city passenger express type of kitty train but here's a proper nice model train that you yeah, can it's been it's been a few years since we've had one of those you know sort of between the mask and the horizon yeah. express and uh, yeah, it's certainly well over a decade now since Emerald Knight came out. Yeah, so yeah, go go buy the insects um, idea set. Like it is, it's just delightful as a as 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 a build, as a display model, and like the bugs are so they they're so like tactile because you can play with them, you can pose them around. Um, all the legs, you know, can be posable. You can set the mantis up in in a bunch of different uh, fun poses. Um, yeah, it's 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 great. Like there's that I I cannot think of anything bad to say about the set. Like I literally yeah. cannot. Are you gonna get? Are you gonna get it? I th look. I think I will, and it's 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 one that I can see will look. We're, we've got a slightly disturbingly large collection of wildflowers and mm. and floral bouquet type sets hanging around on the buffet and uh, mm -hmm. I, I can see I can see these insects starting to invade the space around those which might also start to incorporate Rivendell. Yeah. Um I think so, like so, thematically they work really well. Yeah. That, uh, with the botanicals and with yeah, with so many other sets. Um Yeah, so I I I will get them whether I get them 
this year or next. I like the idea of a few smaller models mm. um, as, as part of that. I've just find this set looks really appealing to me. And uh, you know, the, the variation in colour, the colour blocking, the um, contrast in colours between the different models and indeed the contrast in the different little bits of scenery that they've that they're all on I, th- I think it's been really really clever mm. um i love seeing new ways i mean we've got such a great selection of elements now for producing um for producing plant Creatures. elements yeah oh yeah and plants it's just it's just um gone crazy and you know with the shapes i mean i've sort of been having a look this year at the way in which shapes have changed of for building different types of models you know when mm-hmm. you compare just even even just 20 years ago 20 years ago seems like a long time and it's an incredibly long time and when you have a look at the way in which the lego system has evolved because it's really over that time that it's gone from bricks and sloped bricks and plates and the occasional bracket to being such an organically formed building system mm. Um, with so many different shapes and forms available in the parts palette, such an increased variety in colours. It's just boggling. What a time to be alive. Indeed. What a time to be alive. And what about yourself? Have you, um, what have yeah, you look, built? I've, I've um, been working on a, um, I've been working on an aeroplane. Um, oh, nice. A Concorde? So, not the Concorde. So so the way that it works is that if you're a grown-up and you want an aeroplane, you'll buy yourself the Concorde to display. If you've got a seven-year-old you pro- who, who's keen on planes, you probably don't want to give them the $300 Concorde. But you're probably going to be quite happy. To, they maybe get much better value out of playing with the $170 Australian, $120 US um Lego City Passenger Airplane 60367, which is also coming out on the 1st of September. It's Mm. got eight minifigures. It's got a jet plane, and it's probably one of the larger ones that we've seen for a while. We'll come back to that in a second. But you've also got this great collection of ground support vehicles um, that sort of run together like, um, you know, on a on a number of trailers sort of that can be pulled pulled along behind sort of a tug vehicle as well as a tug that'll guide the plane out onto the onto the apron and a little bus for those days when your plane can't actually dock at a departure lounge and you've actually got to walk across um, onto a bus and have that take you out to where your plane's waiting for you we've got one of those little buses as well Mm. Um, the plane has got some great features and sort of upgrades compared to previous so this is a new wing element from what i can see or it may have appeared in a no i think this is a new wing element it Hmm. is a the front of the plane has been used in friends and lego city over the last five years it's um it'll seat 12 passengers it's got a cockpit that will sit two and you've got two crew members although it's sort of cast as um, a female pilot and a male uh, steward who's wheeling the drinks trolley through the cabin Um, 
you've got some great looking con- the controls in the cockpit just look great just great use of droid bodies and um droid bodies and um sort of zip line connections as the various hand controls um in the cockpit as i said we've got seating for 12 we've got a functioning door the roof lifts off relatively easily we've got a delightful bathroom although perhaps one of the less convincing toilets that we've seen in lego sits over the last um year or two this does appear to be a year where where um indoor plumbing does seem to have featured rather heavily in a number of themes and then in the rear of the plane you've got this little cargo hold and you've got a couple of um just little almost little boxes that you can put um the luggage into and then have them stored in the in the rear of the plane um you may or may not have room for an actual 12 passengers worth of luggage but uh we've not even attempted to put in overhead lockers on this occasion but i think that's all right um there's even a little catering port so there is a catering van it's got got your food company logo on the side and it is on a little scissor lift and that will go up and park outside an extra window which an extra doorway rather which is next to the galley area of the plane and i think that's really clever the way that it it just looks great as a scissor lift it just goes up nice and smoothly and um allows i think that's the first time we've had food service in a in a in a plane is that right i'll have to admit i haven't really done much with lego planes since the um town airport the 10159 which was really a reissue of century skyway yeah from 94 yeah but as a as a um so i've, I've a not sco- paid a huge attention to the to the um sets in between yeah as as, as a scholar of lego history as a lego as a as an amateur lego historian aren't you excited for a new plane i feel like planes have been such a staple of town like you said century skyway was such a i don't know it's probably one of the most iconic like town sets look Um, it, it is and i think i think one of the really interesting things is that we didn't actually get a proper airport in yep. lego town until around until sort of the late 80s. No, it was it was 80s. relatively late. Like it was late eighties. Yeah. Um yeah. before before um sort of wing type plates started to make their way mm. into into um into town sets. So but we've had quite a few planes just over the last I'm just sort of looking the concept of a large tube with a lot of windows, a big mm. wing element. Yeah. and a planes, big tail planes have definitely gotten bigger i feel like if you look at sets like century skyway like the planes are just comically small but in scale so like the yeah airport. um look I, I i take this as being the difference between a town and a city oh yeah yep town so towns are small cities are big. um yeah and so this this passenger airplane certainly it's a big jet liner it's designed to take 12 passengers the um, and you've got two rows of them. You've even got sort of like a business class up the front and mm. economy down the back. We've got some great characters as well. Um, there's a tourist who featured in the 
Lego downtown set that was released a couple of months ago, but she was the guest in the hotel and she's mm. now reappeared traveling on the plane. And I'm glad that she's got the slightly bitter and tired face that um, really accompanies just about anyone getting off a long haul flight. <laughs> um, we've got the guy who's in his airline, what looked like airline gray pajamas with um with a with a bum bag or fanny pack depending on where in the world you're from sort of around his body sort of to keep his passport close to him and he's then got a blindfold on one side with his mouth sort of open going (laughs) while on the other side he's just looking pretty stoked to be there with slightly tousled hair Mm. um the pilot and steward have both got um sort of like a mint colored mint-coloured uniform with navy blue detail that mm-hmm. includes wings, epaulettes printed on, and uh, a couple of pockets. And you can probably, you know, that'd be relatively easy to um, substitute the roles that they're in, I guess. Um, but it certainly certainly feels more like the, the man here is, is doing the, is providing the drink service to the to the plane while while the woman's drive is yeah. is, um, is is pilot and captain, which is awesome. Um, we've got a few ground crew, and th- th- this I found a little bit disconcerting. There are three. There are two. There, there's there there are there are two that are essentially the same, except for slightly different hats and heads. So there's there's a bloke who's got a hard hat with ear protection. And he's got a happy smile and and his safety glasses on. There's a woman who's wearing a hard hat with a ponytail, and she's just got a scowl on her face. And I'm wondering if that's because she's not got the ear protection while working underneath the um the large jets. Mm-hmm. And uh, then we've got a, another who's driving the plane tug, and she's got a cochlear impl- sort of the cochlear implant print. This looks like it's a different head print to one that we've seen previously, but but I'm just a little bit concerned that um, she's been working at the airport for most of her life and and this is in fact a, a workplace related injury that's that's seen her lose her hearing. And um, I'm just wondering if they should be paying a little bit more attention to workplace health and safety um, within Lego City or is this just another example of increasing um, of, of inclusion and diversity, and it's and in fact they've employed her despite the fact that she's deaf. Um, we could have both. She has a walkie-talkie as well. Um, yes, it's on on her um, printed on her torso. Um, yeah, it can certainly be both. Um, this has got some of the most interesting-looking jets as well mm. on it compared to previous planes. They're just they're just bulky. They look like they're designed for pushing an aeroplane through the sky and to, you know, cross whatever dimensional rift you need to go to to land in Ninjago City or over to Heart Lake or or anywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it and the, the shape of the nose just feels it feels a bit more like a passenger jet than some of the planes from about five to ten years ago, which had a very sleek nose, and so they sort of just had the appearance. They just gave me the feeling of looking like a Learjet, hmm. rather than a rather than a Lego size. This almost feels like a Lego sized A three eighty. It's <laughs> it's 
got... It's hefty. It's a hefty, it's a hefty aircraft. It is. It's got an interesting tail. It's got two two wings forming a dihedral um, mm-hmm. as a tail rather than a central tail fin and, and elevators. Um, mm-hmm. I've ha- I'm going to have to go and take a, take a browse through some aeroplane pictures to see how this might line up with anything that exists in reality. But... On the whole, it's been a fun build. There's some great storytelling to take place. Mm. Um, the wheels don't go up. It just means that when you go to land the plane, it's ready to land. That's fantastic. We've mentioned the catering. We've mentioned the luggage. We've mentioned the bus. There's some great other torso prints for other passengers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I'm. Mm. I'm. And again, it's in that ballpark it's it's certainly it's it's a big set it i i i'm kind of disappointed that we don't see any form of airport buildings with it mm-hmm. but at the same time i also recognize that including that in here would have probably given us a bit of an unnecessary um kick in the mm. price point oh. i would love i would love an app like a proper airport like now now mm. that we're now that we're in a bit of a um renaissance with lego city you know we're getting like urban infrastructure and right now i'm just thinking of what's next and i'm like we need we need a good port we need good airports we need a good train station like there there was a there was a small airport back in 2020 and it's like a shed though that's like a you know well it was like it was sort of like a shop front really yeah yeah. it never really Um, captured the like the size and scale of Century Skyway. Um, plus, you had those like cool. You know, you had so many base plates for the runway, which I think is a, a crucial ingredient there. Mm. Not sure how Lego will pull that off um, in you know in the modern day, but I, I think you just need to buy several <laughs> boxes of the new yep. of, of the new plates. Um, yeah, there, I mean, there've been a couple of smaller airports in the last couple of years but you know they've they've appeared as much in lego city as an airbase mm-hmm. um there was a juniors there was a probably the juniors airport of 2018 mm. had probably the best functioning because it, it had the conveyor belt for the luggage and the look and and all although the vehicles mm-hmm. were all a little bit cartoonish mm-hmm. um it was possibly the best looking building we'd had for some time although it doesn't have a great tower Mm. so yeah it might just be that this should inspire you to go out and and buy the parts for a tower um but yeah it certainly would end up being a pretty big layout that you'd be creating with a lot of empty space Mm. but uh i really enjoyed the build um it's probably like most of the city sets that i've put together this year is one that i'd like to see that you'd probably find at a at a relative discount that would make it a far more appealing purchase to you. Um, yeah, enjoying it. It's a good set. Again, I'm I mean, definitely it's it's definitely on my to buy list just because the the functions just look kind of cool. So it's it's, it's a nice plane. So there mm. you go. and I'm just wondering um, the other thing that I think we've seen come out since we last spoke has been the marvel minifigures which you had a chance to have a look at jay ah in the dreaded in the dreaded blind boxes 
where do we start? Where do we start? Well, how was the experience of, let, let's ignore the trying to work things out. We'll come back to that shortly. But in putting them to, in putting, in just opening them up, what was the experience like with the, um, with the boxes? Did you find that you'd open them and all the bits would fly all over the house or? Uh, no, I think, I think the, um, the shift will take some time to get used to, but yep. it's not that big of a deal. Um, the auditory ex- experience is definitely different because with blind bags, you can, you know, you can kind of like crush them and there's a the distinct um, rustle of blind bags as you reach into a ball, into a box and grab a few out. That's gone. Um, but now the auditory experience is just rattling because the Lego elements, so Lego have... Um, Lego have done a pretty good job sticking to the commitment of not using single-use plastics in these new mm. blind boxes. So all the minifigure parts, all the spare elements, all the accessories, just and, and even the booklet, um, just kind of just are in that box and they just rattle really loudly. So there's a... Which is a kind of a good thing. It's 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 a very similar feeling to you know when you shake a Lego box, but this one you know there's no plastic in it. There's no there's no dampening, so you you really hear it rattle. Well, well, let's um, go let's go back one step better, Jay. It's like shaking a Lego box in the nineteen eighties. Oh yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, Before they put those inner packaging in, started using the inner packaging. Yeah, you know, when you had good old perforated um, plastic bags. Um, yeah. Um, Experience-wise, the blind boxes are a lot more convenient, or hugely more convenient, because you don't have to you know, rip them apart with your fingers. You don't need a scissors. Uh, you don't need a pair of scissors where you could accidentally chop off a cape, um, which many of us mm-hmm. have done before, um, which, is, which, is, which is quite nice. You just... You know, just kind of just rip them open. You could do it dramatically. You could do it neatly. They're quite easy to open. And you can just chuck them in the recycling bin when you're done, which is, uh, again, a really understated. And it's just a nice experience to not just have to worry about plastic. So from a sustainability perspective, they've done a really good job with the packaging and the format. And yeah, it's if you want a blind box, you want to not know what you're getting in your Lego minifigures. Um, it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a lucky dip um, element to it as well. And mm. I don't know, people might find, might, 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 might enjoy that, but um, I don't. Um, but um, series wise, it's a bit of a mixed bag. Um, and it's, it's a really tough series to get right. Um, because a lot of the characters featured like um agatha echo um x-men a lot of these characters are you know their shows have been delayed um echo has been pushed agatha has been pushed to like next year so i feel like they were trying to catch a lot of these characters um in the original like timeline where they would debut on disney plus this year or at least later this year yeah like we did with the first series so it's a bit hard to form like a connection with um some of them but thankfully you still have some older shows like um hawkeye where you get kate bishop which is great you get hawkeye 
Um, you know, you have She-Hulk, um, which is another great minifigure. Um, and of course, you have Moon Knight, which is like pound for pound, like one of the most detailed Lego minifigures that they have ever produced. Like this is a this is a flawless, incredibly well designed. It's got printing all over, cool new accessories, and it just looks so damn cool. Um, my like it's 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 to me it's a it's a top contender for like minifigure of the year. Mm. Um, so that just shows you how 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 strong of a minifigure Moon Knight is, and I and I think it's you know it's hands down going to be the most popular minifigure of this series. Um, and then you have the X Men, which is which kind of makes sense because um, the X Men ninety seven reboot is coming soon in a couple of months, I believe. Um, and it's been a while since we've gotten like Lego X Men. We had a Wolverine mech recently, which is frustrating because you've wasted one slot on a minifigure that came in a relatively inexpensive like what was it like fifteen ninety nine here in Australia yeah. um character it's a lot more you know x-men cartoon accurate which is nice he's got um he's got hairy arms so it's got the logan look down pat you've got his 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 face which is nice with the overgrown sideburns um mm. I don't know, like it's Wolverine's kind of like, like like the Spider Man of the X Men. Like he's everywhere. Like he's um he's just too available. So I feel like while it's a decent minifigure, it it just feels like a wasted slot. Like they could have just gotten, like they could have not included the X Men and freed up three more slots for some other um you know some other key characters like Miss Marvel or um. Yeah, who else? Um, Even Miss Marvel, we had appear in a series. Yeah, but she had her own series. So in, in her own in her own set, I beg your pardon. In in her own set, which was more comic based than, um, yep, than series based. I'll acknowledge, but uh, that that was not a bad mm-hmm. set. It may have been may have been nice to see Cyclops or. Yeah, any other Rogue um any any other X Men apart from Mag- Wolverine. Um I'm yeah. not a big fan of Wolverine, but people like him, so I don't know. Um, um yeah. Um Daredevil would have been nice in his new gold suit, which was a pretty big deal in She Hulk. Mm. So yeah, I don't know, it's just weird. Um Goliath is there, he's like the only minifigure from What If, which is odd again what if season two is i think it's coming out like next year so no one know no one will know like who he is um which is which is just weird um you could definitely tell that they that this goliath was like a last minute edition they probably swapped kang out because Mm. of jonathan majors and his you know legal troubles Mm. But yeah, he's 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 a big one. That's that's um that's that's just that just feel it just feels weird that he's not there. Given his he's the big bad and he was a key um antagonist in many of the Disney Plus shows. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. Like I mean, the printing is great. Like Lego Lego collectible minifigures have like the most advanced, like the most um error free printing like you've got arm printing everywhere you've got leg prints you've got side leg prints 
Echo has um, a print on her pony, like her ponytail. Um, she's even got like a new like prosthetic leg, which is really cool. It's got like a cutout design um, mm. to it. Yeah, it just feels, ah, I don't know, like it's it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed bag. It's definitely one of those series where you go, oh, it would have been cool if X or Y had been included instead of Z. So, yeah. But I think mm. a lot of people will just kind of fixate on the boxes, which is a big shift for most people. Yeah, I think that it's certainly going to change what it means to be a fan of collectible mm-hmm. minifigures. Yeah. Now, you're you're, I, you're I, a big I, comic book. You're a big comic book um, fan. Like, what do you I, think of the lineup? I've, I've, I've been a big DC fan. Um, I've, it's funny, and I'm 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 finding I struggle when I go to the comic shop these days because. Mm. We now have so many iterations of big characters. Like there, it looks like there's like five different X Men series, five different mm-hmm. Avenger series. I don't quite know anything else that's going on um, as far as Marvel's concerned. And DC, we've now got fifteen flavors of Batman and twelve of Superman. The thing I found most reassuring when I went in there last weekend was the thirtieth mm-hmm. anniversary reissues of. Vengeance of Bane and the Death of Superman, um, which were on the shelves when I was a boy and, well, when I was a boy, when I probably started to get into collecting comics in the early 90s, mm-hmm. probably 93, given where we're currently standing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I find, I, th- I think the way in which comics used to work as <laughs> a medium where everyone mm. where there was like one timeline that was working well that you could just follow the one book of the one series of characters mm-hmm. um and everyone sort of got a bit of a go and you know if that if it worked great and if it didn't they got a six issue mini series and they were never heard of again mm-hmm. um so i i find that while I've been a bit of a comics nerd, I do find that the way in which comics have changed over the last 20 years, 30 years, yep. to be a little bit of a challenge for me to deal with on an emotional level. Mm-hmm. Um, but in fact, this is probably then a tribute to, a credit to the way in which Disney Plus has kind of taken that comic miniseries hmm. format, you know, six, eight, ten episodes, um, may or may not be a character you've ever heard of before. You don't need to hear from them again. In fact, one series of a few of these characters is actually really all that you need. Yep. You know, it gives you some new material. It gives you a bit of an under a few flashbacks into their origin. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily need to have all Avengers all the time. And I think that's what I really found appealing, particularly when you looked at the support characters, Mm. In um, WandaVision, when you look at Moon Knight, and indeed um, the Hawkeye series, mm-hmm. um, which went off in a completely different direction to mm. to sort of the Avenger films from that point of view, while still giving the character a chance for growth. And um, look, you can argue about whether or not it was a version of the best form of comic book Hawkeye or indeed whether the people that wrote the original storyline received the credit that was perhaps due to them. But um, 
ultimately, I quite like the way these figures look. And while you're not a Wolverine fan, I think there is something about the, the Wolverine 97 look that's um, not quite as dark and gritty as the Brian Singer films or subsequent subsequent films of more recent times. Um, oh, yeah. That look, just, it's... That just, it just evokes sort yeah. of childhood, childhood naivety. And it was sort yep. of like, I knew there was this thing called X-Men that I didn't ever read. It was always a bit too old for me until it was grown up. And by that stage, there were seven X-Men titles. Or it mm. felt like there were seven X-Men titles on the shelves. And I just didn't know where to start. So I just walked away. <laughs> it, it, it's a whole, yeah, it's a whole, it's almost a whole, like, universe or genre upon itself, like mutants. Mm. So, yeah. But, yeah, I think a lot of people will be disappointed with the move to boxes um especially that yeah lego had a they had an opportunity to really identify what was in each box um and again i i've I've been crystal clear about my position i don't like blind boxes i don't like the concept of blind boxes and it you know to me it's just um it's just gambling and people can um the novelty wears off really quickly, especially when there's only 12 to collect, mm. uh, which means that you could potentially double or triple up very, very easily. Um, yeah. It's not like a pack of Pokemon or magic cards where there are, what, 200, 300 different options. So you're really getting a, you know, a different card, a different rare card in each pack. Whereas this one only has 12. Um, and most people will be either want to complete a, a full set um, and, and get it over and done with, which in this case, just buy it off a reseller or some, some a, a place that, you know, breaks open boxes and sells mm. them sets. Or people just want to get one or two characters, um, which now unless you're equipped with a very sensitive portable scale, it's impossible to, you know, guarantee what you're getting. Like even, um, even like Minecraft blind boxes, I think Hot Wheels blind boxes, they have different like codes or different slits or different ways to identify what you're getting in each Mm. box. Um, So it really doesn't diminish the, blind box experience because if you truly want like a surprise minifigure in a box you can still do it you just grab a random um grab a random box um off the shelf um you could do that with blind bags as well like just stick your hand in a box just pull one out and you know you still get the element of surprise there um but for i don't know like power users or more experienced users um there will there's usually a way to tell what's on the inside Mm. So I don't know. I'm just disappointed, and I feel like this. Um, we're already seeing, you know, an, an, an anecdotal um, bits of evidence from like the US and the UK where they're starting to um, be sold early. That people are already just ripping open boxes and just check to just to check what's on the inside because yeah, um, yeah, people are gonna be people are gonna be shitty about stuff like this. Um, people already did that. But, you know, with the ability to feel what was inside the bag, it, you know, it didn't, you didn't really need to like rip and damage open a box to tell what was on the inside. Mm. Whereas 
um, right now, yeah, like it's going to be a common sight to see, you know, bits of Wolverine strewn around the toy aisle. Yeah, I think that's disappointing. Um, I mean, there's there's always speculation about the manufacturing codes that are on the back of mm-hmm. the bags. That's people have always speculated about that, and really, the only clear ev- clear information that that gives you is what is the day that that particular bag or box was packed Mm. now the new boxes have got a manufacturing code which is three digits a letter and a number and Mm -hmm. then another six digit number Mm. um just a quick a quick decoder guide for you um the first the first three digits are the day of the week and the week of the year the letter gives you the factory code. Mm-hmm. S is the Cladno factory in the Czech Republic. And I think R is the Mexico code for Mexico. And other factories around the world um, have them. Historically, we used to see a lot of sets, a lot of the minifigures being made in China um, mm-hmm. early on, but they're now far more likely to be getting packed in um, in Billund, and that's sort of been a feature since oh, probably round about Lego Movie 2, 2019 or so, they started to um, mm-hmm. be packed more centrally rather than in China, but I digress. Um, the QR code above it appears to link in to the number that appears, the six-digit number that appears below. Six digits, haven't yet seen one with a value greater than 20,000. I don't know if anyone else has. But I have seen that this has also appeared on a few of my other boxes this year. So often we'd see the factory code previously would be printed on the sticky tape that would holding boxes together. But um, I'm seeing it's just as likely to be printed onto the side of a box this year with, again, a six-digit counter code and I'm presuming that as they're starting to roll out new packaging technologies in Billund, they're doing this to improve their um, ability to track exactly when and where any given set was packed. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, I just think it probably is a simple counter that turns over every 20,000 or so or 100,000 and will just be a reflection of... Um, Day, so it'll probably. I don't think it's going to be easy to decode. There's not going to be a code to help you work out what's in your box. You can probably no, um, use box it. positions don't work anymore. So that's one uh, well, no. previously reliably a uh, yeah. reliable ish way to but tell. Um, these codes, you may be able to develop a database of you know between lunchtime and five p.m. on last Thursday they were producing She-Hulk and yeah. But it'll only give you sort of there. There are certainly multiple days where different figures have been produced quite disparate from others. Yeah. Look, I, I so I don't think that's look, the way to go. It's the it's it's either scales or the resellers. That string of numbers is probably just the amount of minifigures that just got made in that one particular like production day. They probably just produced yeah. like all right on 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 Monday we're gonna you know we're gonna pack or we're gonna manufacture twenty thousand she hulks and then on Tuesday we're gonna manufacture twenty thousand Hawkeyes and then yeah that's that's pretty much it like yeah I have I have seen a couple of days where they have had two different types of figure produced um which is yeah, then I mean 
made it, you know, it just means that they changed over what the machine was doing at lunchtime or something. Well, you have multiple like production lines like, again. Mm. Like it's 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 just not reliable. But they do have the capability no. of, um, yeah, discreetly printing something there. I don't know. Just the the number, you know, that like the string of numbers could start with the number of um on the minifigure checklist, for example. Like that's not hard to do. Maybe that's why the string is so long. Who knows. Yeah, it wouldn't be so hard. And indeed, we used to have a second barcode in Series 1 and 2. The, the minifigures had a second barcode on the back, which mm-hmm. directly um, could correlate with the figure that was in the bag, although it did actually depend on whether the bag, the box came from the Chinese factory or the Mexican factory, I think, Yep. because the Americans had a slightly different um, set of codes to us. But yeah, Sorry, that was... One, um, one second. Yeah. All right. So yeah, um, like like with most things, people will adapt and improvise and overcome. Um, and for now, like the weights are probably the most reliable weight. It's not full. It's not a hundred percent foolproof because um, when you're you know essentially looking at milligrams of differences between minifigures, you also have to factor in you know variances between the cardboard stock the amount of glue um used and you know other environmental factors as well so Mm. it's not a hundred percent accurate but um it'll get you close in the same way that feeling for minifigures wasn't a hundred percent like you you know you can sometimes make mistakes and mistake elements for other elements so anyway that's life as a as a Lego collectible minifigures fan in 2023. Really what it comes down to is we're probably going to see a lot of people escaping from the thrill of the hunt, finding friendly retailers who will mm-hmm. either sell them by the set. And there are plenty plenty of our independent toy stores around Melbourne will actually sell you a set of yeah. collectible minifigures. Mm-hmm. Um, or otherwise um, you get together with friends and buy a box or take your chances on the secondary market. There you go. Or just go and, you know, it's un-Australian to not, to not be, um, you know, expressing things in terms of general odds and the probabilities of things happening, you know. It, it may be akin to gambling, but it's been part of the national psyche ever since they invented the game of two-up, sort of in between the wars. And look where that got us. Yeah. Anyway, all right. You're right. <laughs> no, I quite agree. I think, I think the um, it, it does does take the skill out of the hunt, and um, I, I see that it's just going to ruin a lot of retail experiences. Mm. Um, although we do see that you can buy boxes of six through um, Lego.com, and I think they seem to not, have to n- not, 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 not not in Australia. Not, anymore. It's not in Australia. It's a Euro. It's a Europe and an American thing. Uh, yep. Sigh. I don't even think Europe is getting it this time. So I think it might be only America, uh, or it hasn't shown up yet. That's it. When are they coming out in Australia? October. October. A month after everyone else. Yeah. The novelty will have gone by then. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I'll have to admit, I'm starting to feel a bit despondent at us not getting the minifigures for sort of what functionally wears, works out to be about six weeks after the rest of the world. Yep. Hopefully Perhaps that changes in 2024. Yeah, we'll see. I wonder if we're going to ever get another Warner Brothers set. We, um, yeah, depends if Warner Brothers is, uh, you know, is intact after... Uh, a nightmare year of box office flops. 
Yeah, that's a thing. Perhaps we could have a Discovery Channel range of minifigures. That would be nice. Anyway. <laughs> that would be interesting. Yeah. Anyway, um, I think that's about all that we've got time for today. I've just looked and seen how long we've been chatting for, and yes, I reckon it probably is. Um well, it's been good catching up, Jay. Look forward to catching up with you next time. Thank you, everyone, who's supported the podcast and shared mm-hmm. it with your friends. Um, we've certainly heartened to see the way in which the, um, you know, the way in which the audience has been growing over the course of the year, and it's it's been it's been lovely. We really value your support, and if you know that there's someone who might like to listen to this, why don't you just let them know? Um, yeah. Leave a five-star review on iTunes. Leave a little review if you like. Let us know what and send us um, messages either via Extra Pieces Pod on X or (laughs) Instagram. I haven't quite worked out how to get Extra Pieces Pod on threads just yet Um, or indeed Facebook or Extra Pieces Pod at gmail.com. We could go old old school. Um, And, um, yeah, let us know what you want to hear about. We'll... Look forward to doing another mailbag um, in an episode or two, and hopefully we'll catch up with you in about a fortnight. And until then, I'm Richard from The Rambling Brick. And I'm Jay from Jay's Brick Blog. And these are The Extra Pieces. You have been listening to Extra Pieces, a collaboration between Jay's Brick Blog and The Rambling Brick. Your hosts are Jay Ong and Richard Jones, written and produced by Jay Ong and Richard Jones. Extra pieces can be found through your favourite podcasting platforms. Please like and subscribe, and if you like what you hear, please give us a solid five-star review. It will make it easier for other people to find us and to share the joy.